Welcome to Love, Identity, and Purpose. This is uh, session six. In the last session, I, I pointed out, and I hope I want to remind you of the prayer in Ephesians 1, 17 and following, uh, as the prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 and following. God puts these prayers in there, and they're so very important. Ephesians is probably my favorite book of the Bible. Uh, it's, it's just power-packed. It's not correcting anything. Paul's addressing just the truth and the reality of who we are in Christ and our position of being in Him, and really just so, so good about the body of Christ. Let me draw your attention to those two prayers. The first prayer, which I finished with in the last session, talks about discovering who He is and our identity in Him and the power of the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Uh, If we really got that, that pretty well solved everything. If we could just get that prayer. But then he goes on and adds a prayer in Vision 3, in the beginning of 14, talking about receiving the love of the Father, knowing the love that passes knowledge, be knowing the width and the length and depth and height. And we've already talked about that in previous sessions. But I just want to, again, say, wow, this is so important. Receiving the love of the Father, free gift, discovering our true identity in Him will absolutely secure our life regardless of what circumstance goes on or regardless of what happens in our life. So I want to continue in this session talking about understanding identity. Uh, it's so very, very important because I want to just keep boring down here. Remember, John 8, 31 and 32 says, if you're my disciples, you'll abide in my word, and you're going to know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If the truth makes you free, which is the word of God, and it's actually the truth is not just black ink and white pages, it's person, it's Jesus. It's the living word. If we will receive that word, it makes us free. The problem is, every lie that we believe keeps us in bondage. The only way we get free is believing the truth of God's word, believing Jesus, who is the truth, and the Holy Spirit, who's the spirit of truth, leading us into truth. And so, this is a verse out of 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Behold, what manner of the love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Wow, that's a pretty, pretty cool verse. He's just saying, you know, what kind of love has the Father had that he's given to us that we'd call us sons, call us children, call us, brought us into the family of God? Isn't that amazing? He loves us so, so very much. So what I want to focus on in this session is understanding identity. And my point is, is that uh, Romans chapter 5, I want to read, and I encourage you to get your Bible, and I encourage you to get your, uh, or your electronic device if you have your Bible there, or computer, and follow along with me, because this is a, a, it's a lengthy passage I want to read today. And I want to begin here, Paul, it, it, the book of Romans is phenomenal, and we'll begin in verse 12 of chapter 5. It says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and then death spread to all men, because all sinned. Again, I'm pointing out the issue of how God sees things. Not necessarily how maybe we've seen things, but this is how God sees things. And until the law was in the world, sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death did reign from Adam to Moses, 
even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So I'm going to say this a number of times here. Why I'm reading this, because it's talking about identity. You think you must understand that we were born in sin. And with that, we identify with Adam, who was a sinner. And Christ came so that we could, could identify with him. And why this is so important is because identification, who you identify with and how you identify yourself, defines your identity. And as a new man, a new creation, we've got to identify with Christ. Now, the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from the offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Are you reigning in life? Because that's what it says. It says we can reign in life through Jesus Christ. It's the only way to reign in life. The only way to live in victory. It's the only way to live an overcoming life is in him. Verse 18 says, Therefore, as the one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. Do you understand what he's saying here? He's saying that, look, Adam sinned, and because Adam sinned, that sin entered into all of mankind. So the reality is, is that we are born in sin. That's why we need to be born again. But he goes on to say, but wait a minute, one man's righteous act, Jesus, going to the cross, resulted in life being given to everybody who's in him. And so, wow, talking about identification, we've <laughs> who are you identifying with? You want to identify with the old man or you want to identify with the new man that's in Christ? For one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many were made righteous. Isn't that amazing? Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace abounded much more, so that when sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, this is what God has for us. This is the reason I read this lengthy passage is because the whole issue is understanding identity. Who are you identifying with? Now, I want to, uh, this is 1 Corinthians 15. The first man, Adam, became a life, a living being. The last Adam, who is Jesus Christ, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So again, what we're talking about here is that who are we going to identify with? Are we going to identify with first Adam, or are we identify with the last Adam? The last Adam is Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to continue reading. This is Romans chapter 6. Because it's a continuation, and, and like I said, we could read, uh, to really discover our full identity, we need to read all of Romans. We need to read all of Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians and on and on. 
Verse 1 of chapter 6. What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? That's a question. Do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we shouldn't be no longer slaves of sin. Now, let me, again, this is a, this is a powerful passage. What, again, it's talking about identification. He's saying, do you not understand that you were buried with Christ? Jesus was buried. He died. He was buried. And so when we, this is talking about water baptism. Do you understand that what water baptism is, is that we are saying we identify with the death of Christ, but the good news is Jesus is not dead. So he was raised from the dead. That's why water baptism is that I'm identifying with the death of Christ, and what that is is significant for is that my old man is dead. It's something, that's why you don't get over, baptized over and over and over again. You get baptized once to understand, wait a minute, I am identifying with the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. So we've seen here, now if you really understand identification, identify that your old man was crucified with Christ and that the new man is raised to walk in newness of life just as Christ is not dead but alive and lives forevermore. Now, we can spend the rest of our time just discussing that particular issue because it is so, so significant in understanding So let me just do a little review here. In Adam, we were born in sin. In Christ, his obedience produced grace. In Adam, sin produced death. In Christ, his grace produced life. In Adam, we had condemnation and judgment. In Christ, we have righteousness and complete forgiveness. In Adam, sin spread to all, and in Christ, life is available to all. Isn't that amazing? So we're born in Adam. That's why we need to be born again. Once you're born again, you've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, and I am a new creation. You are a new creation. And that's why I've, I've spent some time here talking about this identification. Let me continue on. Well, again, this is chapter 6 of Romans, verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, what it's basically saying is, so identification is so important. How do you identify yourself? Do you see yourself as a sinner? Do you see yourself as a saint? Do you see yourself joined with Christ? Or do you still see yourself living as the old man in the old Adamic nature? That's what God is trying to say is that, look, you're a new creation. If you're born again, it's time that you start thinking differently. You start identifying yourself as a child of God. You're no longer the slave. You're a son. Now, again, it's not gender at the 
women too. You're a daughter of God or a son of God. Look at verse 9. It says, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no longer. Death no longer has dominion over him. Um, do you know that? That's what it says again. It uses the same thing a couple of times. Knowing this, do we really know this? Do we really understand what Christ did for us? Do we really understand the fullness of his payment at the cross? Do we really fully understand the power of what Jesus did for us at the cross he broke the power of sin and death. He actually died our death so that death no longer has dominion over us. Isn't that amazing? That didn't mean I'm not going to, quote, die, but I, I have eternal life in Christ. So, again, all of this is about identity. I've got to start identifying with the new man. I've got to start identifying with what the Word says. Verse 10 says, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Now, the, again, the identification, understanding baptism, the good news is Jesus is not dead, but he was raised to walk in the newness of life. So we also are identifying the old man. We're saying it was dead, crucified with Christ, penalties paid for, and I'm a new creation, and now my new identity is in him. So just as Jesus said, I, don't, I no longer live, I'm living for him, we're living for him too. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And again, back to in the last session, we read out of Hebrews. And Hebrews talks about he offered one sin forever for that he completely died for. Look at verse 11. It says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, this is the first verse in Romans that actually tells you to do something. And what does it tell you to do? Well, reckon is like an accounting term. You need to reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So think of it like this. You look at a ledger, an accounting ledger. You have the, you have the negative side and the positive side. You have the assets and, and you have the liabilities. Think about being transferred Literally, you, it's time for you to reckon yourselves, take yourself from the dead side, take yourself from the sin side, take yourself from the, that old me side, and you still have to reckon yourselves to move over to the other side. That I'm a child of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I live in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. All of that is true. Can I believe it? That's really the issue. So that's what God is wanting us to do. With time to see ourselves the way God sees us. That will change your life. You'll never live the same. That, that old nature always is trying to creep in, but we'll begin to see ourselves the way that he wants us to see him. Now, I want to go back to Ephesians 1. I know we did this in the last session, but I want to go back to Ephesians 1 because there's no passage of Scripture that I know of that contains as such a concise, precise listing of everything that God has for us. This is so important. Now again, every time that you see in Him or in Christ, you need to say, that's me. I'm in Christ. I'm in Him. You, you've, got to, you've got to start thinking differently. You've got to start saying, wait a minute. 
You know, I am who he says that I am, and I'm not the sum total of my life's experience or what somebody has spoken over me. I am not, uh, the old man is dead. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, and it's so important to recognize that. This is the battle we, we talked about in one of the previous sessions. When the devil came to Jesus, he challenged the love of the Father and his identity as a beloved son. And when I saw that, I realized, wow, if the devil challenged the word of the Father to the Son, then he is going to challenge us continually, and that, that he does. Now, back to Ephesians chapter 1. It says, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, again, I'm not blessed to go do what I want to do. I'm not blessed because I'm just out here because God just blesses me, and I just go, oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. No, I am blessed in him. My position is that I'm a new creation in him. I am in him. In him, I'm blessed. Outside of him, I'm not blessed. Uh, he says he chose us in him. So again, he's chosen us. He called us into him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. We talked about this last session. Listen, I am in him. In him, I'm holy and blameless. He predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. So again, it's the work of the cross is what Jesus, it literally is what God determined for the foundation of the world that when we would choose life, we're completely accepted and brought into the family of God. I mean, wow, isn't that amazing? Um, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go, you know, I just need to do a little better. I just need to be, no, no, no. It has nothing to do with your better. It has to do with him. It has to do with everything that he's done. He chose you. He blessed you. He called you. He adopted you. He has done all that. And my new position is, is that I'm in him. Um, years ago, I remember we met Rick Joyner. And uh, this is many years ago. Actually, now it's over, way over 30 years ago. And I remember, I'll never forget, we were walking out and he said, you know, the two things that you need to really know. You need to know who you are in Christ, and you need to know who he is in you. And I've never forgotten that because really the reality is, is that 30-something years later is still the primary issue. Do I really know who I am in Christ? Do I really know who he is in me? Because if he's in me, he's love. So we're back to love and identity. It's those two issues that if we, we the devil battles to try to get us to not believe, and that is the, where the battle is if we can believe. But if you just encourage you again to go through all of this Ephesians passage. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We were chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. We we're predestined to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ. We're accepted in the beloved. We've been redeemed through the blood. Forgiven of sins according to the riches of his grace. And we're heirs of the promise. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Every one of those is worthwhile to spend some time meditating on and thinking about. Um, that's why I say it's not just reading it one time. This, this is what we need to do is spend time looking at it, reading over it, really trying to figure out all the things that we have for us. All these things are extremely important. Now, this is Romans 10, 9 and 10 and then verse 17. It said, if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus 
and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And we know we're talking about salvation here. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So then faith comes by hearing, this is verse 17, and hearing by the word of God. Now, why I'm sharing this, because it's so important to recognize that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Do you know the best place to hear the word come from? Is out of your mouth. The best place to hear it, you're hearing me. Uh, that's good. You're listening. But you need to start confessing the word. You may say, well, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It's not about feelings. It's about truth. The truth of God's word is constantly being challenged by your experience, your emotions, your feelings, and the things that have gone on in your life. And that's why it's best to confess the word. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I have been chosen by God, and I am holy and blameless before him love. I have been predestined to adoption as a son. I'm accepted in the beloved. I am a new creation. And so there's something about quoting the word and reciting the word that actually builds faith. So I've got to continually do that, and it's not like some magical thing. It's just that it's what God has called us to do. Okay, Revelations 12, 11 says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and did not love their life unto death. There's three things there. Number one, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. We're talking about the, the devil. The blood of the Lamb is what Jesus did for us. It's not what we do. It's what Jesus did. When Jesus went to the cross and died and shed his blood, he shed his innocent blood. It broke the power of sin and death. And so we overcome by that blood. But the next thing it says is by the word of their testimony. Well, there's two parts to the test, our word. Number one is it's what the blood has done for us personally. And that is a powerful weapon to use against the enemy. But you know something else? The word itself is the sword of the spirit. So we got to learn how to use the word against the enemy. And again, we need to learn how to confess the word. That's what we're talking about here is confessing the word and believing it. Uh, I need to meditate upon the word. I need to memorize the word. I need to store that word in my heart so that really when things happen and when I want to, th when I start thinking about the old man, I don't, I start thinking about, wait a minute, that's not who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm going to join in with Jesus. I live and reign and have my being in him. I'm accepted in the beloved. So it doesn't, we're not talking about sinless perfection here. What we're talking about is identifying with the new man. I am a new creation. You are a new creation. And it's time for you to start identifying with that new man. Now, let me pray. And because again, this is something that's huge. Really, we've, we've just sort of scratched the surface on really understanding identity. But Father, I pray that you'd help us to really walk in the newness of who we really are. That, Lord, I pray you'd give us revelation that we are the new creation. We're not the old patched up. We're brand new. We've been forgiven. We've been blessed. We've been accepted. We've been chosen. Lord, help us to identify the way that you see us. Help us to not... Help us to literally reject the negative perceptions that the enemy wants us to try to believe about ourselves. I'm asking you to break the power 
of those lies and help us to believe the truth that makes us free. Help us to receive the fullness of our new identity the way you see us. So I pray now for every one of us, Lord, help us to see ourselves the way you see us. What you paid for at the cross, the absolute finished and total and complete victory of the cross. Help us to see ourselves the way that you see us. And Lord, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.